With me today is Hannes van den Berg, who's co-head of SA Equity and Multi-Asset at 91 in Cape Town. And the reason that I requested a podcast with Hannes is because I got a snapshot of what the 91 philosophy is, the 91 equity fund philosophy is in South Africa. It says a unique investment philosophy in South Africa. And the one thing that stands out of, of the four points that they make is that the best alpha opportunities, they say, where expected future profits are being revised upwards and trading at reasonable valuations. Now, Hannes, the reason, again, one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you was because there's been so many results of companies that have a June 30th year end and half year end. And I wondered if you'd seen trading updates and results that made you think, well, what is being revised upwards and are there opportunities here in, in general terms, first of all? Yeah, thanks. Nice to chat to you again, Lindsay. You're right. We believe that adjustments to sentiment and forward earnings expectations uh, drive share prices over the medium to long term. What market expects and then how they change those expectations, uh, those changes in expectations make share prices move up or down. So therefore, the current consensus earnings expectations and the reasonable valuation for that specific stock or share is reflected in today's share price. And as the market improves their expectations for earnings. Um, the stocks that beat those earnings expectations tend to beat the market over time. Um, and and your, your second part of the question, yes, we are in results season. We're sort of already halfway through results season. And, and a lot of, specifically the SA Inc. stocks, um, have managed to beat um, maybe overly conservative expectations. You know, six months, 12 months ago when we were severe levels of lockdown, um, very conservative provisions and assumptions around revenue lines were made. Um, and, and we have seen some of those SA Inc. stocks come out stronger and, and beating um, market expectations. Yeah, market expectations is one thing, but corporate expectations are another. Is it the case, do you think, that because we've come out of lockdowns and the pandemic and you know, a really slow growth period for the South African economy, that it was absolutely natural that companies would revise their earnings upward? And therefore, you must have a look at your philosophy and say, well, this is a, a unique event and therefore we need to delve deeper and maybe wait for the next reporting period, if you, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I think that's a very good philosophical question, Lindsay. What we tend to, when we speak to clients, say is, you know, different market circumstances requires you to, to emphasize different variables. So you always look at all the variables, but in, in, during COVID-19 and last year, working capital, short-term liquidity on a balance sheet, because of the sudden severe shock to revenue lines, um, some companies, uh, retailers, under level five, nobody was allowed really to go out and shop for clothing. And those companies literally... Uh, at zero or very little revenue for a few weeks and months. So you have to then dive into the free cash flow profile of a business, the liquidity on the balance sheet. So you, are, you, you have to emphasize different variables, maybe a bit more during, during times of crisis. But, you know, there's a lot that goes into earnings expectations. Uh, you know, the, the free cash flow profile that sits behind it affects the balance sheet, affects the dividend that you will get, affects the capex profile of a business, you know, capital spending and how they execute on their strategy. So we look at all the variables um, when we do our bottom-up analysis, the quality of a business, the income statement, the balance sheet of a business, uh, the valuation and the reasonableness of a valuation. Certain companies should trade at a premium to other companies because of certain quality characteristics, certain market share or certain modes that those businesses have got. We go through all of that, but, but we felt that over time, earnings and the change in earnings expectations determines that the, the share price moves. Um, and, 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 and obviously then you need to also factor in whether 
the company is cheap or expensive. And when a company gets excessively expensive or above standard deviations, expensive relative to, to its past history or, or relative to the sector, then you should also be wary of, you know, maybe taking profits because a lot of uh, upside then gets, gets priced in into the re-rating of the stock. And, and also when a stock becomes incredibly cheap, it just, we often joke, Chris Freund and I often joke that, you know, the stock just needs a little bit of good news or tailwind. Uh, and then there's an incredibly strong re-rating that front runs the, the earnings expectations. So you have to understand how those variables play off against each other. Yeah, many variables, of course. And what I've been saying here is that you've got this rather unique in South Africa anyway investment philosophy, which is part of a much bigger picture, of course. And let me just reiterate what it is. Expected future profits are being revised upwards. You look at that. But then, of course, you have to look at other things as well. So it's all very well a company saying, well, three months ago, our headline earnings per share, for example, are going to be between zero and 10% higher. But then they come up with a new and revised revision of 25 to 30% higher. You look at that first, and that alerts you. That gives you a, a, not a green flag, but certainly an alert. And then afterwards, you go into many other factors as well. Yes. What's interesting over the last few months, a lot of people got caught off guard by the strong recovery on, on the SA Inc. side. Uh, a lot of people got the RAND wrong, um, you know, externalizing a lot of their money. And the RAND's not at 18, 19 anymore, but at 1450 as we speak today. And passive investing, uh, liquidity that's abundant with low interest rates, people going into lower cost ETFs. You know, when you, when you take that approach, the variable that you use to buy is market capitalization. So you buy the bigger companies because you, you just buy an index. Uh, whereas if you, if you have the sort of other variables that you can do bottom up research on and, and realize that some companies had their earnings basis reset 30 to 40, 50% lower, uh, some of the SA Inc. stocks that I've mentioned, banks and, and retailers, uh, you could buy these stocks at very depressed levels. Obviously, their market caps were very small, so in an index, they would have been a very small inclusion. And that gives an active fund manager the opportunity to find those variables where you see opportunity and realize that the earnings basis from year on can potentially grow quite strongly. And another sector, the resource sector, where supply-demand dynamics have been very supportive throughout the COVID pandemic for, for certain commodities, platinum group, metal miners, iron ore, copper, yeah. and they've helped to drive the earnings expectations of those companies to continue grinding higher. So, you know, active fund managers in periods where you have these dispersion events created by, by certain, in this case, the pandemic or market circumstances, um, gives active fund managers a great opportunity. Yes, indeed, if you read it right, of course. Now, over the last three months, say, maybe trading updates came out uh, before the real results came out. We're in the middle of earnings season in South Africa. Uh, so you had the trading updates, maybe the cautionary announcements and uh, certain revisions. And leading up to now, where you've had, actually had the real results, did you have a fertile environment to look at because there were these revisions to the upside? And has it benefited you? Yes, I mean, this can use some examples that we think have worked quite well. I mean, the banking sector, our analyst Chris Stewart um, has done a phenomenal job in, in digging into the revenue line and the cost uh, sort of line of the income statement to, to get what we call pre-provisioning operating profit, uh, the combination of, of net interest income, net interest revenue, uh, and then OPEX, operating costs for, for banks. And when you look at some of those numbers, APSA, First Rent, NetBank, these companies have had pre-provisioning operating profit growth of 5 to 7%. So it's, it's not a big number, but because of controlling costs quite well, which the market underestimated, you know, 5, 5 to 7% operational earnings growth given 
how the last 12 to 18 months have played out is not a bad outcome. And then they were very conservative in the provisions that they made in the third quarter of last year when we were still in level four lockdown. And nobody was really sure how the South African consumer was was going to come out of the pandemic. And it, now, having looked at the results, it's less bad than feared. So these companies are now in a position where they can release some of these provisions. And therefore, the earnings recovery profile are astonishing. Um, it's massive numbers. And, and, and over the six to 12 months to follow now, we tend to think that you can still get good 20% plus or double-digit earnings growth from some of these banks. Another company in the pharmaceutical or healthcare space where you saw, if, for example, Aspen um, now post selling some of their underperforming operations, uh, having reduced their debt quite dramatically, their interest rate expense, interest bill expenses now a lot, lot lower. So they've sold some of their underperforming businesses and, and then they got a tailwind because of manufacturing COVID vaccines. And we tend to think that that vaccine benefit as well as further cost savings are underappreciated by the market. And you saw their results plus a dividend come out beating, beating market expectations. And the healthcare space I mean, the, the whole reason for lockdowns was to make sure there's enough capacity in, in, in our hospitals um, to deal with COVID patients. And we tend to think the way in which we're able to deal with the pandemic now and post a third wave, but what we've learned from previous waves is how to, how to handle patients and how to treat COVID-19, but, but also in the way in which they're now able to get elective surgeries to come back. There's a, quite a big pent-up demand for elective surgeries, and the market has underestimated some of these uh, you know, going going into the results of, of of the hospital. So, I mean, that's just two sectors. You can take apparel retail as another sector. You can take vehicle distribution. Motus being a company that's operating in the vehicle sales market, where vehicle sales, because of interest rates being low, have also exceeded expectations. And this company has also managed to 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 manage its cost line as well as its working capital incredibly effectively. So they're trading update as well. Uh, the market initially thought they were going to get five, six rand earnings for the year. They got that in six months. So now the market went to, the market went to eight, nine rand earnings. And we just today saw they've delivered, uh, delivered 11 rand earnings. Um, and so, so this is a stock that traded at 60 rand. As we speak, it's trading above 100 rand. And, and therefore, you know, clients have been able to, to participate in quite, quite a healthy upside. I think the key point here is, Hannes, now that you've had the bounce back, now that SA Inc. stocks have really started to motor, and I think it started around February or March of this year, and they've done incredibly well, are they just getting back to where they were before the pandemic? Or are they actually now, have they become leaner during the, the lean times? and now are reaping the benefit of a post-pandemic world. Can they take the next step up, in other words? Will they get another leg up, or have they just equalized themselves? Yes, that's the, that's the golden question going forward, Lindsay. I mean, there are two ways to look at it. One is, you know, we have to look at what's happening globally. Our SA equity market always gives you somewhere to go. I mean, our resources are linked to China and global supply demand dynamics. We've got a lot of rand edge offshore industrial companies that generate their revenue, not in South Africa. And then we've got the, the whole SA Inc. trade. So if you look at globally, we tend to think that you know, where we are in the cycle, we, we're going into the mid-cycle mid part of, of the recovery. Yes, we've had an incredible strong uh, coming out of the recession recovery over the last 12 months. Now we go into the growth and expansion phase of the cycle. Uh, and, and in this uh, sort of next phase, it is, I, I just think it's everybody's uh, consensus view is that you've seen an incredible strong growth, therefore a peak in growth, therefore a bit of a slowdown in growth. We agree with that, but we don't think that growth goes into a recession. We think you get mid-cycle, um, medium sort of at-trend growth, which is not a negative number, uh, as long as growth is at or above trend, emerging markets tend to do well. 
so because of the global backdrop, growth still we still see growth supportive. We still see liquidity environment supportive. Um, we, we tend to think an emerging economy, emerging market economy such as South Africa will, will continue to do well. Supply demand dynamics for a lot of our resources will will remain. And then you have to ask yourself locally, what will South Africa's growth rate be? Um, and after this massive shock to earnings and the strong recovery in earnings, how does a more normalized earnings profile for these companies look over the next two to three to five years? Um, we've seen the unrest in looting and the effect that has to offshore investing um, because what this country desperately needs is, is, is investing and investing leads to a multiplier effect which will help growth and job creation. So that's the golden question here, whether these SA Inc. stocks will, will benefit from at or above trend growth in South Africa or do we go back to 1% and 2% growth rates and therefore our economy just slows down to where it was pre the COVID-19 pandemic. The, the current low interest rate helps. The consumer seems to have more cash in their wallets. The extension of grants definitely helped. But we now need to go into job creation mindset. And we've got a new finance minister that's made one or two good noises around job creation. And the, this country has received a massive injection of uh, revenue because of high commodity prices. And now we need to go about spending this wisely. Um, and make sure that this windfall that we've received, um, which will not, which is not going to be there forever, but that we use that to position our economy such that we can have good at or above trend growth for the foreseeable future. And then our SA Inc. trade, we tend to think, will benefit from a bottom up uh, if these companies can continue to manage their costs and their margins well. They will continue to drive good earnings growth going forward uh, if we can get the right, the right macro backdrop for South Africa. Hannes, I think the next few months of 2021 will be fascinating. You've got your work cut out, given what you've just said. That's Hannes Vandenberg. Thanks so much for your insight, by the way. And Hannes is a co-head of SA Equity and Multi-Asset at 91 in Cape Town.